It's basketball season, people. But if that six foot eight forward looks more like he's two foot eight, you might need some better seats. For great wolf seats, check out TicketKingOnline.com. If it's here, we're the ticket. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Listen to this guy outside. Listening to the January 30 show, that would have been Wednesday, yesterday, I was taken back at the mention of the failed academy instilling in the kids today total comfort all the time. I am and have been a lineman for Northern Wisconsin Power Company for 15 years now, in total about 20 years. Does anyone feel that I or my brothers and sisters in the trade wuss out and adopt that way of thinking? How would they be comfortable then? No power, no heat. Can't change their uh, dearest phone. Can't charge their phone. I was working on a pole at 8:30 a.m. today with the friendly gusts of Lake Superior 150 yards away. <laughs> 25 mile an hour wow. winds and an actual temp of 18 below makes it a pretty comfortable day. That is, if you were inside. One more thing <laughs> about your princess making comments about the Iron Range. He's referring to Ilhan Omar. The jobs and training that they seek are for what the companies are hoping for, finding enough skilled tradespeople to fill the positions at the evil corporations that deal with mining. Don't let her hoodwink the people into thinking something different. Sincerely and good luck to us all. Ryan in Oakland, Wisconsin. I love that guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe, I couldn't believe it when you spent some time a few podcasts ago talking about garage wood. Seven years of garage wood is those special pieces of wood that that go through your life with you, and they're in your garage, and you never know when you need them, but you'll need them someday. I couldn't believe it when you spent some time a few podcasts ago talking about garage wood. Seven years ago, we moved from Egan to Goodyear, Arizona. Well, this past weekend, the spring on our garage door broke, so my handy husband was fixing it. I walked out to see if he needed anything, and from the ladder, he said to me, you know what this is, right? And he held out a small piece of wood he was using, and I shook my head in confusion. He said, garage wood. Ah, I acknowledged and went back into the house. We both love the podcast, <laughs> and rookie, we rated. Thanks for all the good Minnesota conversation, longtime listener, Shannon. Good luck, and continue pushing back. Thank you, Shannon. In fact, you started the show with a garage wood ruling, wasn't that? That was the other day yeah. that she's referring to. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to believe this one. This guy's going to get groin kicked. All right. This is a real thing written by a real person. <laughs> it is not satire. This article was published in the Arizona Republic online property, azcentral.com. You ready? I don't know. A few weeks ago, I attended a holiday party at a downtown Phoenix restaurant. I walked around to view the photographs on the wall. Then a photograph caught my attention. Friends said it's coal miners at a pub after work. It was a photograph of coal miners with blackened faces. I asked a Latinx and white woman for their opinion. They said it looked like coal miners at a pub after work. Then they stepped back, frowned, and said, it's men in blackface. I asked the waitress to speak with the manager. Instead, I spoke with a white restaurant owner. I explained to him why the photograph was offensive. 
Evidently, someone else had made a similar comment about the photograph before. For the record, the roughly 100-year-old photo he's talking about features a handful of exhausted-looking Welsh coal miners enjoying a beer in work after work in a pub in uh, Wales. Uh, who wrote this? Thomas. Uh, why do I not have the, the guy's name? Who did he? Who, who is this addressed to, Joe? It, it was an op-ed piece. Oh. Th- Thomas writes that he asked the manager once more before leaving uh, if he had spoken to the other owners about the supposedly offensive photo. The manager said he had not. The op-ed continues its downward spiral. Who determines what's offensive, Thomas asked. For me, the coal miners disappeared in a film honored for its artistic merit, despite being the most racist propaganda films ever. D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation surfaces in which white actors appeared in blackface. The white owner saw coal miners in the photograph, therefore it was not offensive. Fact, the photograph shows coal miners' faces covered in soot. The context of the photograph is not the issue, he wrote. Art can be a trickster. People view artwork once and subsequently see something different. He goes on to argue that the real issue is the lack of representation of marginalized people and their voices in Phoenix. Huh? What? Frequently I enter art galleries and am not represented in the art, which leads to uneducated curation for exhibitions. While shopping, I am ignored because it is is assumed I am unable to purchase anything, or I am followed by security guards because it is assumed I am a threat to the store. I take it this guy's... Uh, guys black. Each assumption is based on a stereotype. Blackface caricatures stereotypes of black people, Thomas writes. At the downtown Phoenix restaurant, my concern that the photograph of men in blackface was a threat to me and my face and voice were ignored. A business photograph of men with blackened faces culturally says to me, whites only. It says people like me are not welcome. The operators of that downtown restaurant can choose to take the photograph down, leave it up, or create a title card with an intention statement. No matter their decision, I think the photograph should be taken down. It's fine if Thomas wants to go down this road seeing the devil of racism under every doily. He is free to be as crazy as he wants to be, but that's what Twitter and Tumblr are for, not the pages of an ostensibly serious newspaper. There's no excuse for the Arizona Republic running this stupid piece, hurling baseless allegations of racism at a local business. Newspapers aren't required to publish every submission they receive. In fact, it's quite easy to turn down or ignore would-be contributors, especially if their contribution is this worthless. The choice to publish Thomas's op-ed was unfortunately a conscious one. The Arizona public, I'm sorry, the Arizona Republic wanted to share his attack on the Phoenix Bar, whether out of a desire to signal virtue or to attract hate clicks. This is from the Washington Examiner. Yeah. It's a piece written by Beckett Adams, uh, dated January 30 of this year, yesterday. Hate clips, uh, clicks. You, you, he nailed it right there, hate clicks. But this, this should tell you something about the state of modern news gathering. What this tells me is the op-ed section of the Arizona Republic is worthless. Completely. It's completely, completely. worthless. If they stand behind if they that. Ra- if they ran this, then what evidence would I ever have that I was getting something reasonable from those people? How can they be so out of touch with all of America? If you get on any two-lane highway in this country and stop at any random diner, bar, etc., you're going to see photos like that. The only good point I heard, and I don't remember if it was from the original writer or the uh, follow-up, is, and, and I like this myself, a placard. Mm-hmm. I, I like to know what I'm looking at mm-hmm. and the year, mm-hmm. but it's so obviously without even seeing it. Sure, I can picture mine. it. Oh yeah. my God! Yeah. 
See, yeah, you, get, you, get, you get black coal dust on your face when you work in a coal mine. Right. Yes, Reavers. <clears throat> I had Rookie pull up a story. Yeah. And forgive me if you guys mentioned this yesterday. I'd like you to read this headline out of a piece in the New York Times. Mary Poppins and a nanny's shameful flirting with blackface. This is New York Times? Yep. Uh, Julie Andrews' soot-covered face in the 1964 film Mary Poppins stems from racial caricatures in books. Mary Poppins Returns, which picked up four Oscar nominations last week, is an enjoyably derivative film. Part of the film's nostalgia, however, is bound up in a blackface performance tradition that persists throughout the Mary Poppins canon. I, 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 it's over. I, I can't bring to mind Mary Poppins. Is, are there blackface routines well, in Mary Poppins? You have. Um, it's, the, it's, go ahead, Rook. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dick Van Dyke was the chimney sweep. Chimney sweep. Bert. Did, she, did Dick take Mary into the chimney? Yep. Well, there's your blackface. When it has magical, nothing to do with blackface. So now, when the magical nanny accompanies her young charges, Michael and Jane Banks, up their chimney, her face gets covered in soot, but instead of wiping it off, she gamely powders her nose and cheeks even blacker. Then she leads the children on a dancing exploration of London rooftops with Dick Van Dyke's sooty chimney sweeper. I remember that specific scene from the original Get, 64. Read the next paragraph. Uh, this might seem uh, like, like it, an it, innocuous comic scene if... Travers novels didn't associate chimney sweeps, blackened faces with racial caricature. Huh? Don't touch me, you black heathen. A housemaid screams and Mary Poppins opens the door. 1943. As a, as a sweep reaches out his darkened hand. When he tries to approach the cook, she threatens to quit. If that hot and tot goes into the chimney, I shall go out the door, she says, using an archaic slur for black South Africans that recurs in page and screen. So check this out. So Mary Poppins now has been power washed. Yep. Boy, I've seen no, Mary no. Poppins 30 times, no, and not, I've never. Not Mary Poppins. Everybody that gets dirty working on a job. Good point. Everybody. So I, wanted to, I wanted to give this, uh, oh, here it is. Uh, the guy's name is Rashad Thomas, who wrote about the, the coal miners. Someone should tell that to the editors of the, uh, when everything is racist, nothing is. Someone should tell that to the editors of the Arizona Republic and op-ed contributor Rashad Thomas who penned an absurd piece for the news site this week called Phoenix Restaurant Says This is a Photo of Coal Miners, But I See Offensive Blackface. This is a real thing written by a real person. It's not satire. And then I read it to you. This guy's a fool. Uh, Groin kick, Rashad Thomas. I believe he's the third recipient this year. Uh, Tommy Payne alerted me to this story. Thank you, Tommy. That deserves this. Give it another one. Oh, yeah. Oh, felt good, didn't it? Yeah, um, all right. All right. Thank you. We'll leave Thank alone you. Now. I wonder what yeah. black people who work in coal mines have to say about this. <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> See, that's why the word doesn't mean anything anymore. No, it doesn't. It's Just lost all meaning. Absolutely lost all meaning. When everything in race, but when everything thing, is serious racist, serious thinking black people should be the ones who are alarmed more than me. <laughs> it's It's over. It's over. But we're trying so hard now to look at everything with with, with a fine tooth comb to say, "Well, I'm offended by this now." What, what what what's wrong with people? Are you that bored that you've got to find reasons to be offended about everything? Here's why. Here's why I would suggest to you that from this moment, I've read the Arizona Republic all my life when I'm in that part of the country. Uh, from this moment forward, no reasonable person in this in Phoenix can take seriously the op-ed pages of the Arizona Republic. 
They cannot be no, taken seriously. You're right. They can't. Because they have accepted. I don't know if this guy is a, 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 a an employee of the Arizona Republic, or he might have written a guest op-ed piece. Right. My my thinking is that he wrote a guest op-ed piece, and these saps bought it. They fell for it. They wrote it. I don't think he's trying to be satirical either. I think he... You, think you know what? Shit. You just gave me a dark thought. No, there's plenty out there. So the other day you were talking about, um, and help me, the, 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 the guys that are coming into buying up newspapers and then basically gutting them to, to flip them for money. Oh, a bunch of hedge fund guys. Okay, so... If this is going to continue, this problem is going to get worse. Right. Because well, your your newsrooms and newspapers are now diminished to the point where they're, they're, they're skeletal remains of what lunatics, they used to be. A few lunatics are running the show. And now they're, they're yeah. so depra- deprived of content, wow. they have to resort to things like this. But the reason you can no longer consider the op-ed pages of the Arizona Republic credible is, what this suggests to me is, that they are... As part of the template, they are accepting of someone who gets up in the morning determined to find a slight. Mm. Yeah. Determined yes. to find one. What a way yeah. to live. Even in an innocent photograph. Of, I can just, can't you just see that photograph? These guys happy Not to have only that, I was, yeah. Not only that, I was thinking Arizona, sand, desert, yeah. cowboys, trail dust. Sure, sure. What's the first thing the cow? Well, you don't watch cowboy movies. The first thing the the cowboys do when they get into town have a beer, have a Go bath a and a beer, yeah. clean up, yeah. get the get rid of the trail dust. Oh That's my right. goodness, they're just so ignorant. To so, virtually so everything. you're right, Kenny. What got power washed here was labor. Yes. Yep. Wow. Work is yep. getting power washed. Mm-hmm. The chimney sweep in Mary Poppins is getting power washed. The Welsh coal miners from 100 years ago are getting power washed. Who worked, yeah, who worked harder than coal miners? But what's Nobody. really getting power washed by these fools is work. Look at, look at Rook brought up some pictures. Of, uh, of the, there's the picture that's in the restaurant. It's fantastic. They've been eating coal all day. You think that beer doesn't taste good? Right. I mean, especially look at their clothes. Yeah, I was they just going to mention They're dark that. as night. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that something? Man alive. Just incredible. They had pretty well, big pints back then, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, and you know those guys were all dead before 30 oh, from right. breathing coal oh, to the stomach. Jeez. And it's called, look at what it's called, Blackface in this Phoenix restaurant. It's not. It's coal miners. Right, that's... See what what gets destroyed in power washing? Well, history for one. Truth. Yeah, truth and yeah. history. Yeah. Well, that's truth shame gets on. Destroyed. Okay, that's shame on the uh, ArizonaCentral.com. Infowars calls it old photo of soot-covered coal miners. I have a real dilemma. I have a real dilemma. Uh, I've told you this before. Uh, I've been. Uh, I bet I've been getting the New Yorker magazine for forty years. Yeah, good magazine. It's $119 a year now these days. Really? Yep. And I have a dilemma whether to re-up or to uh, send the article that I've kept about the moron six months ago who wrote a piece for The New Yorker that The New Yorker actually published that this precious fop was upset because Chick-fil-A was opening in Manhattan. That's right. I remember, remember that? that. Yes. yes. Yeah, and, I and, and I thought to myself, this might be the straw that breaks my camel's back here. I, I put up with a lot of your BS 
but you are so precious. I thought you were going to write a letter. Well, I'm saying this is my dilemma. Am oh. I writing him a check for 119 bucks and try and, and go one more year, no. or am I going to package up a letter with that article and send it to the editor of the New Yorker and say I'm done? Uh, if you do that, you need to put your credentials down there that you've been writing uh, oh, in this market yeah, forever, yeah, I will. and what you you know the radio thing and the yeah, podcast yeah. thing, so they know you're not just some lunatic. And by the way, we take the well, we take the sponsorship. Might prove that he's a lunatic. That might not help. Maybe, might rest my case. Maybe you should be anonymous in <laughs> yeah, that case. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, no, I think you need to write the letter and be done with I it. I do, too. I mean, just the insulting uh, cartoons it was enough to drive me away. You know, I read that thing for years and years, and all the cartoons I, I, I saw, I didn't get one of them. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. I mean, because uh, I, I consider the New Yorker my airplane fodder. Yeah. If I, I save, mm-hmm. uh, they save certain pieces, and knowing I'm going to be stuck on an airplane for three hours, I'll bring two or three New Yorkers with me and get through it. Uh, I don't know, because uh, I've learned a lot from The New Yorker over the years. But that, but but they're so leftist, so mysterious, uh, so full of themselves that they actually gave precious space that I pay $119 a year for to a guy who uh, was uh, behaving like a nine-year-old because Chick-fil-A, which has ownership with Christian principles, Ooh. moving into my town. <laughs> but there you go, does it still provide yeah. you yeah. content in that regard? Because that was a topic for at least two shows. Well, see, that's another way to that's look at it. That's the mana part, right? That's the, that's the other way to look at it. Do I give up that free mana? <laughs> well, that's good. I have to admit, when I read The New Yorker, gratis subscription. Really? You just write them a letter and tell you tell them what you do, and you get you get the magazine for Boy. free. I didn't even know I could get a family discount on the Pioneer Press. Such, uh, I also got Penthouse and Hustler. So. I, I don't get those. <laughs> you know, there goes my LFI. credibility. LFI. LFI. <laughs> yeah. We're coming back with an Ilhan Omar update. Before we go, though, I just read this. Rook, you'll find this interesting. We were mentioning Mary Poppins. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke, the, ch- the chimney job. Yeah. His tagline, I'll come to you. That's good. That's good. <laughs> of all the pictures up there, too, of all the history and news, which picture do you really think I've had trouble not clicking on? Oh, my God. No, not that one. Right next to you. The guy with the underpants? The guy with the underpants? Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Jerry Lewis. I, uh, I really wanted to click on that. Maybe while we're doing this break, I'll Beautiful. click on it and just see what's going on. All right. We'll be, we'll be back with Ilhan. What are you waiting for? This is Ricey for my friend, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh. Get a different point of view and get your financial future in order starting today. Sound retirement planning is important, and that's what Josh does. Josh can tell you that he is dedicated to helping people like you and me realize their best potential for a comfortable retirement. With today's market volatility, it's more important than ever to work with a professional who understands your needs, a professional who understands financial markets and the options available to help you reach your goals. Call Josh for a complimentary no-obligation consultation today at 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consult. An LLC, a registered advisor for the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Why am I stuck with you on that sound? 
I don't know. It must have been maybe Ben Patrick Johnson was. Uh, I was trying to impersonate BPJ, the May old I voice. May I have the Ilhan Omar update theme, please? We only timing told you is, an hour ago. Timing is oh, everything. Timing. timing is everything. Timing. Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report on Garage Logic. <laughs> That'd be funny if it wasn't so serious, right. wouldn't it? Uh, freshman rep Ilhan Omar D-Min is facing backlash after comparing Israel to Iran and said she almost chuckles when the Jewish state is described as a democracy. The Democrat has already been criticized for her loose language in support of American adversaries such as Venezuela, made her controversial remarks during a Yahoo News interview published just this past Tuesday. When asked about how the U.S. can facilitate peace between Israel and Palestine, Omar went to criticize the U.S. for not having an equal approach in dealing with both sides. Most of the things that we have been aggravating, most of the things that have been aggravating to me is that we have a policy that makes one superior to the other, and we mask it with a conversation about justice and two-state solution when you have policies that clearly prioritize one over the other. Uh, Omar, who sits on the House Foreign Affairs Committee... Huh. Uh, said that Israel uh, is uh, uh, is the first Somali American to be elected. The House was then elected. Was then asked to explain in more detail. You got to give me some light. I can't read this. You got to give me some light. That's alarming enough. How come somebody uh, in her own party doesn't, you know, pull her aside and explain to her how the world works? She was then asked to explain in more detail what she meant, prompting her to criticize America's closest ally in the, ally in the Middle East. I mean, just our relationship with the Israeli government and the Israeli state. And so when I see Israel institute laws that recognize it as a Jewish state and does not recognize the other religions that are living in it, she said, and we still uphold it as a democracy in the Middle East, I almost chuckle because I know that if we see that any other society, we would criticize it and call it out. We do that to Iran. We do that to any other place that sort of upholds its religion. And I see it now happening with Saudi Arabia, and so I'm aggravated truly in those contradictions. Uh, Her comments sparked condemnation on social media with uh, former New York State Assemblyman Dov Hickand, a Democrat, criticizing her comparing Israel with Iran. Okay, somebody on her team is. Okay, all right, good. Uh, Who objects to Saudi Arabia being in his being Islamic or any of the other 48 Muslim states. The issue with Iran isn't their state religion, Ilhan. It's their terror-loving leaders that are condemned. Uh, This is that uh, Dov Hickand saying this. Jim Hansen, president of Security Studies Group, who also served in the U.S. Army Special Forces, accused Omar of being an anti-Semite and lamented that she's a member of Congress. Uh, give her an opportunity to speak her mind, and like most bigots, she'll tell you. She laughs at the idea that Israel is a democracy and compares it to Iran. Shameful to have these ideas represented in Congress, he wrote. Well, people are pushing back against this woman. Boy, I'll say that's and a the only hope. reason. Why am I so fascinated with her? Because I question her loyalties. I don't know who she's loyal to. Right, we don't know anything about her yet. She's never she been doesn't vetted. seem to be uh, never been vetted. She doesn't seem to be loyal to uh, Minnesota or the United States of America. She seems to be representing 
her brothers and sisters and wants to push and say, this is the way we're going to go. We don't even know what she's representing. But I think she... She's representing, what is it, 5th District? 5th District. I also think that she... All of Minneapolis. She's in this for the purposes of fame. Well, she's getting it. And I think that's the only reason she wants this position. She didn't come to America to be an... An American. She came here to live in America. Right. Big difference. Is that a quote? Yeah, from an undertaker friend of mine. Oh, okay. It's nothing she said. He said he grew up on the east side, and he remembers the day when, when immigrant populations moved to America to become Americans. Now oh. they moved to America to live in America. Oh, oh, that's very clever. I mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And he's right. Mm-hmm. I think somebody wrote that for him, though. Why, you know him? His buddy, yeah, I don't think he's that smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's that, that pensive, huh? But you're somebody... right. I'm thinking back to my people. Uh, and, yeah, that's why they came from Sweden and Ireland and to become Americans. Poles. And they were damn proud of it. Yep. Yeah, your Polak yep. friends, yep. absolutely. Uh, every one of them. Yeah. Irish need not apply. We, we, it's quite a thing to overcome, though, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got, okay, they got it. You know, eventually they said, okay, yeah, you know what? You guys want to become Americans? Uh, we'll, we'll uh, you're in. Uh, want to take a break? All right, because I'm not done. All right. Attention Duluth Trading Store visitors. Please be advised that there's a giant angry beaver loose in the store. To protect your legs, see our fire hose work pants department immediately. <laughs> We apologize for the inconvenience, and thank you for shopping at Duluth. Scoot your caboose over to the Duluth Trading Store in Bloomington and Fridley. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. I want to read one more email on the weed. This is from the mortician anthropologist. On the weed. (laughs) I am certain the effort to legalize marijuana is based in generating a rich new revenue stream for the state. However, if Charles Krauthammer were still alive, I think he might suggest that we get the federal government to okay it first before the states can. It is still against the law federally, which is why dispensaries can't use any other means of payment other than cash. No bank can deal with them. The potential for theft, driving while intoxicated, and voting while intoxicated will skyrocket. By the way, do you think there's a connection between legalizing weed and making it easier for dumb people to vote? Yes, I do. (laughs) Yes, I do. (sighs) Lesbian activist says she was ousted from Baltimore's LGBTQRMNNPNYUZOVWXYZ commission (sighs) for using the wrong pronoun to identify a rapist who identified as trans. Where do you go with this? Wow. On Monday, Julia Beck spoke as part of a panel at the Conservative Heritage Foundation. While not a conservative, well, of course not, Julia said that she found herself politically homeless and explained why. According to Julia, she had been kicked off the LGBTQ commission in Baltimore, uh, the commission for the mayor of Baltimore, despite being the sole lesbian on the committee, simply for stating biological facts. She recounted the story of how she was accused and an emergency meeting was convened to determine her future at the commission. Julia accused the T in the gay rights acronym of entirely eclipsing the L, G, and B, 
She argued that the current liberal view of gender actually cements sexist stereotypes. She spoke out against what she saw as a push to identify children who might not conform to traditional gender stereotypes as transgender in subjecting them to medical treatment. Children uh, who would likely grow up to be happy gay adults are now being sterilized for defying sex stereotypes, she said. Uh, I don't understand any of this. After a months-long witch hunt, I was found guilty of violence. My crime... I used a male pronoun to talk about a convicted male rapist who identifies as transgender oh. and prefers female pronouns. Okay. It doesn't matter that he, these are her words, it doesn't matter that he sexually assaulted two women in a women's prison after being transferred there on account of his gender identity. Oh no, it is far oh. more criminal for me to call a male rapist he than it is for him to rape. Hours went by, meaning uh, intermeeting. Uh, But I insisted that sex might actually be important to our work as it was to my sexuality. But their decision was made long before that night, and I was voted out. The meeting made one thing crystal clear. Inclusivity means all voices are welcome except women's, except lesbians. In other words... I get get it now. In other words, she described a a transgendered uh, male as he... He's accused of rape, right. and uh, that that got they a kick. Ballistic. That right. got a kicked out of the club. So this wow. this person identified as a female in order to be placed in a women's prison. Yes, you can do that. And then he consequently and, and apparently raped two women once she got there. Yeah, once he careful got there. careful the pronoun there. Well, uh, that pro- whole pronoun thing doesn't bother me, but the fact that he w- got into a woman's prison and raped. That seriously alarms me. That oh, yeah. really yeah. bothers yeah. me. What? Yeah. What See, judge would have went? Yep. Yeah, the, the whole pronoun thing. I, I don't mind referring to guys that have changed their sex to women as she. You know, right. I, I just go with it. That's right. fine with me. I just I say, how you less. doing, pal? How you doing? Well, you, you say How's it mistakenly. How's it going? <laughs> but How's it keeps me out of trouble. How you doing, Tiger? Tiger meet Tiger. Tiger meet Tiger. Tiger, meet tiger. I don't know anything about Howard Schultz, except he uh, rose to great fame and success with uh, Starbucks coffee, and he's thrown his hat into the ring uh, for the presidential race in 2020. Uh, and I, I'm loath to bring this up because I think it's too early. Uh, everyone clamoring no, to— No, bring, uh, bring it up because uh, you just turned me on to him before the show, and I, I think we have an interesting race uh, shaping up if he, in fact, gets into it. Well, yesterday— uh, this is from PJ Media, but I also have a New York Post piece. Uh, yesterday, uh, former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz shot down an attack from Senator Elizabeth Warren, D-Mass, mm-hmm. who said that because he is a billionaire, he is out of touch with America. Sure. He responded with a passionate defense of the American dream. This is why I'm reading this. Senator Elizabeth Warren said some pretty sharp words about me. She referred to me as a billionaire out of touch with the American people, Schultz said in a short video. He told his rags to riches story succinctly and in a patriotic way. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, in Carnacy, in federally subsidized housing, the projects. When I was seven, my dad, who was a laborer, came home and had a serious accident. He was dismissed from his job. We lost our insurance. I witnessed the fracturing of the American dream. Schultz witnessed failure early, but did not let that define him. I started with nothing, and I made it in America because of the aspiration, the magnetism, and the spirit of our country. I've always believed in the promise of the country. What is the promise of the country? What it is is regardless of your station in life, the color of your skin, your gender, your sexual orientation, whatever it might be, that everyone should have a chance in America. Then... 
the former Starbucks CEO who was mulling the 2020 presidential run as an independent, chided both Republicans and Democrats for failing to provide the leadership America needs. What we need now in America is for the country to come together and for the Democrats and Republicans who have been unwilling to work together to finally realize that the American people deserve much more than political slogans and tweets. What we need is a government that can work for us, leadership that we can trust. And if I can and if I run for president, what am I what I am going to try to do is restore the faith and the promise of this country and the American dream, he said. Uh, uh, Schultz has attacked the Democratic Party for running too far to the left and even bringing the destructive idea of socialism to America. Howard Schultz is too liberal for the Republican Party and sadly too pro-American for the Democratic Party. Impassioned defenses of the American dream like this are Schultz's path to shaming both Republicans and Democrats. There's a chance that it might actually work. Although Democrats might see in Schultz the very same hate they see in Trump. That's what I was going to say. Many have, How? Sta- many, have, many have started equating the very word nationalism with white nationalism and oh. lists of microaggressions of including statements like America is a land of opportunity, which the left has, has pointed out is hateful. And here is this. Brilliant. Here's this guy saying there's nothing wrong with there being an American dream. Here's why, Kenny, you said how. How will they? Because I, I think he'd be a great candidate. It's, I don't know. I'm not going to go that far based on this today. By the way, did you see where George Will has really embraced uh, Amy I've, Klobuchar? I've got it right here. Yeah. I got it right here, and it's a really interesting piece. Yeah. And um, George Will is a very good thinking man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like Amy, and we should have her on because I bet she'd come on with us. My only fear of Amy is she she'll buy into the Green Revolution because that's such a firm part of the Democratic we, platform. And we talked about this before we taped, and I, I think she doesn't have any choice if she wants the Democratic nomination. Well, that's such an important part of their platform. Yeah, yeah. She can't. She could not bring any and will, wisdom to it. Would she bring? Would she be able to actually do that? Because when you talk liberals in her party, um, uh, George has the number. She's like the 27th, I think that's the number, the 27th most liberal senator uh, in the Democratic field. Well, she's virtually Ronald Reagan compared to Ilhan Omar. She is. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And she hasn't – a lot of the stuff that she's accomplished has been – for us, for um, for business, and uh, well, she's big on the medicine and the prescriptions. She ran to be and, useful, and she is, yeah, and she is. and she gets us mm-hmm. as a state both sides, mm-hmm. both sides, mm-hmm. and she's, she's definitely a contender. She's definitely not as liberal as her dad was. I worked with her dad, and boy, he, you worked with him. Uh, he was an angry liberal, mm-hmm. and I mean mean. And that's mm-hmm. that's what uh, scared me off about her initially. I thought, oh, she well, she came from Jim Klobuchar. She is not like her dad. Well, you can't have the Democrats in order for them to be successful. They can't have the Bernie Sanders of the most liberal because the same thing is going to happen they're not going to have they learned that have the republicans learned that they can't have somebody like trump has anybody learned anything joe how fun would the election be if it was amy versus uh howard two intelligent smart center-leaning politicians it'd be a hard to make a decision right Right, which It'd is be probably, fun. That'd be great. Which, I'd love to vote in that election. Which is probably why neither one of them will get the right, nomination. Right there. Right there. And, Kenny, you asked, you know, why would so many people equate Howard Schultz to Trump? It's one word. Wealth. But do you realize, but his, you realize it's come to this, that the left 
criticizes Schultz for those words? Did mm-hmm. you find anything untoward in no, those words? Nothing. Not at all. Did you find anything uncharitable? Nope. Did you find anything racist? No. Did you find anything uh, His insensitive? His parents were dirt poor. Did and you the find only... anything exclusive? No. The only reason he got into college, uh, Joe, was on an athletic uh, scholarship. Mm-hmm. Like all kids, he played sports. He was good enough to get into Michigan. But the mystery needs to disabuse you of the idea of there being an American dream. The mystery is attempting to destroy America, not foster its dreams. So here comes a guy saying, hey, Elizabeth Warren, I heard your B, and he's, he's gonna, he spoke much more kindly than I am. I'm going to now paraphrase. He's, he sounds like a very civil human being. But basically what he was saying, he said, hey, Elizabeth Warren, you, you've been pretending to be a Native American, and you're passing off this BS about how I, uh, as a billionaire, I'm out of touch with people. I'll tell you what, Elizabeth, I grew up in the projects. My old man got hurt and couldn't work. We lost everything. Mm-hmm. I've made this on my own because this is America, and that's what can happen to anyone in America and the left cringes in horror at that because they've spent their careers telling you you can't make it in America because the game is rigged. Because you need us. Yeah, yep. you can't yeah, make even it without us. Yeah. A yeah. two-term black president mm-hmm. who... I don't think he helped matters, to tell you the truth. No, well, no, think, but the American he, dream is, is alive. I don't, think, I don't think Obama was ever centered on there being an American dream, although now he is certainly enjoying it with his tremendous wealth. Right. And uh, his well, tremendous popularity. Isn't he, uh, his career, the epitome of the American dream? Of course it is. He wasn't spoiled, No, was to he? me, the epitome of the American dream is is, is a, uh, a self-made business billionaire. Uh, the epitome of the American dream, to me, is not someone who gets there through politics. Yeah, okay, yeah. I want somebody out laboring. And that's what this guy did. Yeah. Every penny he has, Built he earned. Nothing. Yeah. I'm actually more of a caribou guy, so I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, I'm reading his Wikipedia page. He had some brilliant ideas, and they're, uh, they're, the reason he went to the top at Starbucks is because he's smart. Mm-hmm. All right. Make me a promise, Mayor. Mm-hmm. I reached out to them and sent them an email inviting who? him, uh, Howard Schultz's yeah. team, all right? Yeah. Yeah. And I sent an email explaining who we were, and we'd love to have the chance. He's got a book, and we'd love to have the chance to talk. Yep. If we get him on, yep. one of the questions you ask him is, I know I'm a guy that smashed coffee beans in the driver with a golf club, <laughs> right, I said, but, but I found a way. You know, I, I want that worked in I'll in some form in. of conversation. Tell him that the only coffee I'll drink is Starbucks, and that's the truth. And I'm not a <laughs> yeah. sh- I'm not one of those hipsters that's ashamed to say, I love Starbucks. My, my most recent ground-up bag I did get at Starbucks. Okay. And you, you, you didn't grind it yourself? I'm telling you, Joe. I'm experimenting like Tom Petty. What we learned about Tom Petty's uh, coffee drinking. Yes. He liked, what, Hills Brothers or Folgers? Well, I think he said Folgers were the best he ever had. But he, <laughs> he And he had it at a restaurant in Malibu, and he asked the chef if he could go back and watch him make it. And, and the key, according to Petty, was just the absolute perfectly, uh, the perfect leveling of the, of the uh, yeah. tablespoon. And I've been working on that. Sometimes I cheat. No, sometimes when I see, I make myself two cups, which requires filling the water to level four. Sure. Then I put in four tablespoons. Okay. Or whatever that right measuring between, thing is. Right. This is right in between checking the dates on the DNR website. Then I go to the DNR rules. website and I say to anyone, pick a year. <laughs> give me a year. Give me 74. Somebody give me 57. <laughs> I'll tell you everything you want to know. No, but I'm, I'm experimenting. And I think what Petty was onto is that you don't overfill it. If you're going to use four, just four perfectly level. Not Don't cheat by giving yourself more. So I've been trying that. 
Okay. How's that work? Is oh, there right. one? Get you something to do in the You're winter. not mocked at home at all, I'm now, sure. Is there one perfect way to make a pot of coffee that appeals to virtually everyone? Or, in fact, is my way perfect for me and your way yeah, is perfect everybody for you? Has you know, own. And everybody you know has their thing. Schultz strikes me as the kind of guy we could have this conversation with. Because in my house, yeah. it's Kenny coffee. It, there's like, oh, I'm buzzing today. I had some of that Kenny coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You jack it up. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the only secret... Uh, that I insist on is the water has to be as cold as possible. Yeah, you've been saying that for years. See, we also disagree about that because I have a bun and the water is stored hot. Oh, yuck. (laughs) That's terrible. Is that what's in your thermos right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good, Joe. Oh, Oh, it's just, oh, I love it. (laughs) Uh, I hope you hear back from Howard Howard Schultz. I think he'd be a great guy. I don't know. I'm not here to say I'm now in Howard Schultz's camp. I'm here to say I'm astonished that the left has reached the point where they would turn on him for merely expressing a fondness mm-hmm. for this country. Yeah, that's it's a Because the mystery's invested in getting you to not like this country. Mm-hmm. It's been unfair to you. It's been rigged. It's been uh, the whole thing. Yeah. Get a it's hold of cold. Amy, too, and tell her to leave all her people at home. Next time she's in town, ask yeah, her I to want stop Amy by, on too. Okay. And, and tell her there's not going to be an argument. You know, there's not going to be fighting or What if her response is... Amy knows that I would not approach it that way. Okay. Yeah. What if she says, only if Kenny's not here? I wouldn't blame her at all. <laughs> you know why, you know why Amy owes me? Her. You know why Amy owes me? Why? I let her cut in front of me at Vince Flynn's funeral. She okay. owes me. She does. She owes me. Oh, we'll mention yeah. that. Wow. You, mu- you must have been a good waiter that night. Well, you know, a U.S. senator said, I'm in a hurry. Can I stand here? I said, boy. Well, I am the mayor. Maybe, why not? Uh, yeah, why not? Sure. <laughs> All right. You'll catch us next time at garagelogic.com. If you want to see some of the latest features, click on the feature button. It's a drop down. You can find what's on Joe's bookshelf and Greg Holcomb's latest cartoon editions. Garagelogic.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes.